welcome back to Turf Talk. It still exists. What a shame. Uh, my name's Lewis Tomlinson. On the other end of the line, he said he's in a good mood. He's James Watson. Hello. I'm, 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 I'm in a jolly mood this week. I had no reason why. Um, I've been playing a lot of darts. Uh, it started snowing but didn't stick. Uh, that, that's the highlights of my days. Wake up, watch cricket, uh, play darts, watch the snow, go for a walk. And then watch football at night. That's all I do every day, repeat. And watch horses in the middle of that, in the middle, and make pointless cases for big prices. But apart from that, I'm looking forward to this weekend. Uh, last weekend was a, 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 it was a nice weekend of racing. Some, some nice stories going on. Uh, and there's so, lots of stories and, that have been going on in the last week, which I'm sure we'll be talking about. Yeah, it's, it's unsettling, Jim being, Jim being so happy. Because I'm absolutely fuming this week. <laughs> yeah. Genuinely, the, the only way things could have things would get worse for me this week would have been someone knocked on my door and kneecapped me, or maybe Sky Pirate wins at the weekend as well. <laughs> One of the two uh, of them. Hope, let's hope for your humanity and insanity that uh, he. I'm getting kneecapped. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what a start! That'd probably hurt even less. Oh my days! Right. Last weekend's action, Jim. Uh, well, not really weekend, because probably the best racing of the weekend was on Wednesday, which isn't part of the weekend. But general thoughts from the last few days. The big race was the Lawlers of Mace Novices Hurdle, which was rescheduled for the Wednesday. Uh, Bob Ollinger, Jim. Not far off fan for the, uh, for the Ballymore now after he won the Lawlers of Nace, beating your mate Blue Lord. I was thoroughly impressed by him. Very, very professional performance. Looks a horse who knows what he's doing and has a hell of a lot of talent. Yeah, I, I also was impressed. I, that may not have come across in what I said on Twitter, but I, I was very impressed watching the race again. And my instant thought was he was a lot more... Maybe I was slightly blinded because I'm a fan of Blue Lord, but he was a lot more professional, uh, knew what to do, jumped very efficiently... Uh, and just was almost was looked the the perfect article to run in that race. Whereas Blue Lord looked like a different sort of horse. He looked like uh, one that was far too keen, needed to learn to race a lot more, and um, sort of overjumped his hurdles, which leaves him. There's plenty of possibilities for that. I'd rather them overjump them than underjump them. Um, but Bob Ollinger did this very well. Instant reaction, Albert Bartlett. I'm still of the opinion of the Albert Bartlett. I've heard a few people say on Twitter they'd like to see Make All in the Supreme and try and kick on. That's, uh, that fascinates me. Um, but it's probably, they're probably going to go to the Ballymore with a record of this race. And it'll be an interesting rival to take on Brave Man's Game. If I had to choose between the two at the minute, I think I'd be in Brave Man's Game's camp. I'd be with you on that. It wouldn't be that my strongest held... Uh, opinion with regards to the festival but I, I remain slightly impressed by Brayman's game Hill's actually a Bob Ollinger favourite the only firm that uh, price him up shorter than Brayman's game at the minute all the rest generally have Brayman's game half a point or so shorter some have them giant favs uh, the, the general I say the general market is that Brayman's game still remains favourite yeah 
you just summed him up very well there, though, Bob. I, I don't get the feeling he's ever going to be a horse who makes my jaw drop and go, wow. But I do see him winning quite a lot. You know, just a, a very, very steady performer who knows, already seems to know what he's doing. He was a, he was jumping was much better than when he broke his mane. Obviously, that came in a, you know, an egg and spoon race. And he had to make his own running because nothing else was, you know, anywhere near his level. But that was nice to see and uh, him working on a flaw from his maiden win. Like I said, I I think Ballymore Jim, I wouldn't be wanting to send him to the Albert Bartlett. It's not. I don't think it's the deepest bunch of novice hurdlers this season. No, it's not. You know, I, I understand the point about going to the Supreme in a strongly run race because the favourites are stale. Mm. You know, if there was an Abacadabras type to take on Appreciate It this season, that would make the race a hell of a lot more interesting. I'm just not quite sure whether it was, you know, Metier was a middle distance horse on the flat, which suggests he'd probably get two and a half over, over hurdles, no bother. Uh, he was He was very, very good, Jim. I'm still fractionally in Brave Man's Games camp at the minute. But I think Bob Ollinger's less likely to absolutely bomb out than Brave Man's Game. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I understand what you mean there. Um, I think I think Brave Man's Game's likely to win it, but I also think he's likely to finish seventh. <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. I, I don't know what it is about Brave Man's Game. Although he is quite professional, I still think he's quite raw. And I think there's a lot more that they can do with him. Whereas I think Bob Ollinger, although he might still carry on progressing, and he probably will, I feel like he's already a bit of a finished article, if you get what I mean. I agree. I agree. Brave Man's Game is definitely still much more of a raw... Uh, raw... I was going to say a shell, but he's not a shell because he's a massive. He's <laughs> still like a growing lad. He's like a... When you look... You know, when you'd play, I was going to say when you'd play under toast football and there was that lad who was about, you know, three size, you know, three sizes bigger than everyone else. But that lad were you. It was. So you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have ever had to look at anyone and go, <laughs> shit, you know, how are you our age? <laughs> no, that was always me. Yeah, so Jim Watson is brave man's game. Uh, Can I also, also just mention Gabby Nacko in that race? I think he, if they plot him perfectly, Martin Pipe. Do you know what? I was half thinking of being like myself, but is this not not a problem with racing Twitter? But every single Irish novice hurdler this season who has finished second, third, or fourth in a Grade One has been mentioned for the Marty Pipe on Twitter. Did, did he get mentioned? Sure oh I, yeah, I think I think I saw Rory Fitzgerald put it up. Did he? I didn't. I don't think I saw that myself. But I thought it was just a. I thought I was trying, trying to be clever there, and I've ended up looking like a mug. <laughs> no, well, do you know what, Jim? It means it means you're thinking along the lines of of good people. You know, there, there are a lot of. Uh, He's a very very but, knowledgeable person, so I'll take that. It's true. I think it was Rory anyway. If, if not, uh, apologies apologies to whoever it was. But yeah, there's a lot of a uh, you know wide receiver for the Martin Pipe. Oh, I can't wait to see where he ras- what handicap irascible turns up in. You know, there's a uh, it's that sort of profile that wins it. To be fair. And I can and I can have Gabby Nacko as well because he was the horse who uh, 
Tesco was beating a bumper last season, if I remember correctly. Was, and obviously, I've, I've mentioned before, I'm quite a big fan of Keskin Risk. Uh, might not quite be the world beater I thought he potentially could have been. But clearly a good arse, you know, himself placed in grade one company this season. In fact, uh, Keskin Risk's old connections, Timmy Hyde, they had, they had the uh, maiden hurdle winner on Eagles Wings, who had a good bumper form as well last season, got beat by a really nice one of Gordon's called Chemical Energy, who might not, who I have not really heard much people talk much about, you know, the big bumper hype horse, obviously, from that yard is Sigurhard, for good reason as well, and, you know, you hear Kilcruit be talking of a lot, but this chemical energy, I think, is a very, very decent one, uh, if he rocks up somewhere later in the season. The performance that actually impressed me most at Nace was that of Mean, who won uh, the Irish Stallions Farms, EBF Novices Chase, which is a really, really tin pot name for probably the best novice chase we've seen in Ireland so far this season. Uh, sauntering clear of Captain Guinness, uh, Blackball was given a potency ride in a two-mile novice chase, and uh, Farmix just wasn't good enough on the day. Well, he's never been good enough on the day up against his lot, to be fair to him. Uh, we were texting after the race, Jim, yesterday evening. You said you still fancied all mankind as the biggest threat to Shishkin. I couldn't disagree more. I think this lad would eat all mankind for breakfast. Yeah, we're contrasting opinions here. Don't get me wrong, I thought uh, he didn't put a foot wrong uh, in this and uh, jumped very well. I think that better ground might seem to to a better effect, I think. Um, I, I, just the way his action is. I know he's had uh, quite a few runs on soft and heavy ground. But better ground, I, I've got a feeling it might just seem a bit better, which could make him an absolute machine. But um, I would have quite liked to have seen him take a lead. I know that Paul Townsend said after the race that he was planning on taking a lead, but nothing wanted to go on. So he took the, the, the sort of input and into that race and dictated it. Because that, when we have seen him... Uh, run mostly uh, he has made all uh, over over obstacles so I, I wanted to see something else um, however he got the job done really impressively beat a nice horse who was going to run a good race in the uh, Supreme last year and had since won over fences like you said it it's the best novice chase in Ireland we've seen and he'll be in at the Dublin Racing Festival and that'll test him again <laughs> I'm, I've never been All Mankind's biggest fan. However, um, I just f- feel like people are slightly underappreciating what he's done. And his win last time was pretty devastating. I watched it back the other day. And he's not going to beat Shishkin, and neither's this lad. But I, I, I think that All Mankind will be the better of the two. You see... I'm actually, of the big three novice chasers, you know, talking Shishkin, Elmvalen and Monkfish, this could be the thorn in the treble, I think, in Erzurbeen. I think he's really, really good. I already think it, well, the form he's shown already this season, he'd have won last year's Arkham. Well, that wouldn't have been hard. 
True, true. But if if he was, if he's you know if he was to rock up in a race off level weights against Notebook and put the kettle on, I'd be an Urjamine all all day long. I really really like the way when Captain Guinness raised up alongside him. Godwin well, you know Captain Guinness is sort of also who when you push him into a rhythm, he really really starts to motor. And Rachel got him level within Urjamine. And at that point, momentum was with Captain Guinness. He was a horse going forward. And as soon as, you know, they jumped to out, nope, in Urjamine, gone. You know, found another gear. And I quite like that. When, when his main rival was already rolling and was going up through the gears to quicken in that short amount of time and put the race to bed so quickly... I was really, really impressed. I think Captain Guinness is a good horse as well. You know, Black Post went off favourite for a grade one last time. Mm-hmm. Done him almost 27 lengths. This is a this is a real weapon. If it weren't for Shishkin, I'd be all over him for the Arkle. And I would go for the Arkle. I know he won his chasing debut over two and a half. Horse is rapid. Yeah. yeah. That I, many I, gears. I wouldn't, want him, I wouldn't want to be running him against, you know, future Gold Cup types. Yeah, yeah, I think that also, can I just mention that the camera angles that were at Nace, we'd seen them at the, over Christmas, uh, and it's a side on camera angle. It helps you watch a race completely different. And you mentioned it, you saw Captain Guinness get rolling and, and you said how that helps him. It, that showed, um, the turn of foot that he showed in front. And, and I think we need more of that in racing. The camera angles, I think uh, our good friend Matt said something about the camera angles up at Musselburgh the other week, the, the drones, we need more of them. And, and we're slowly seeing them creeping. Camera angles are very, very helpful. Yeah, I agree. Uh, really, really impressive. Massive way. At the weekend, mate, uh, the big race of Welsh National went to the favourite secret reprieve very, very well in. After winning the Welsh National Trial, he did this rather easily, Jim. Yeah, uh, I, I was looking to try and get him beat. Uh, and if anything, he's made me look like a mug and won very, very comfortably. Um, we saw, seen um, the girth go after the race. I didn't notice it while he was racing. Uh, but Mick Fitzgerald, very well uh, spoke about after the race and you could see the slow development and how good a ride it was from Adam Wedge I know he's taken a bit of criticism this week and it's been one of the main talking points uh, of this week rather than uh, the performance of Secret Reprieve however um, I, I, I thought that this was a really really nice performance of a, a staying chaser who was cl- it was a classy performance I thought and in recent years we haven't seen many classy horses go on to win this sort of race since really Native River we've seen Bolts um, but I was really impressed with this and this certainly chucks his hat into the Grand National picture I don't know what you say about that Lewis but I, w- I was really taken by this yeah I can see it completely maybe not Quite asking the the Welsh Nash recently hasn't been the best Grand National Trail because circumstances are so different because it's a bog in the middle of winter 
as opposed to, you know, you'd expect spring ground and obviously the the general band in the Welsh National is fifteen, twenty pounds lower. But this is a horse who's going the right way. I'd like to see him run in the national lunch chase. Because I think Galvin's a beatable favourite. Mm-hmm. I have about four or five horses in mind for the national lunch chase. But the problem is who turns up. You know, so I'm not going to play in the race yet. I like Dickie Diver. I mentioned one for the team for the Ultima, but I know he's also uh, been talked about for the National Chase, which I wouldn't be hugely averse to. This, Yeah, this was really, really solid. The most progressive horse in the race. The one who looked the obvious one on paper, and he delivered. Uh, the Two Amigos is likeable. Brave runs his heart out. I'd like to see him in a national. I know uh, Nicky Martin said before, probably last season, that they, that they weren't really too game about going for it with him because he's not very big. But this is also not going to be intimidated, Jim. He's a proper brave little type. Yeah, look, like you said, um, he jumps really, really well over a fence and you won't see that being a problem over the national fences. Um, but like you said, he's quite... Well, Nicky Martin said she's... Yeah, he's quite on the small side, so that's understandable if they don't want to go that route. Um, fair enough. And and then the likeable Yalorenki ran on well, like he always does in this sort of race. Um, just carrying a lot of weight round. Probably took its toll against a well-handicapped horse. Um, there was a few disappointments. Probably all the Twitter pressure of Lord the Maneas, everyone, including myself, fancied him to, to run a big race. Big River ran an eye-catching race, staying on eighth as he usually does, and um, everyone beware as he usually is. And um, Trucker's Lodge was slightly disappointing in the end, but uh, I hadn't heard outcome to light about that. Maybe it wasn't soft enough uh, for him, even though it, the going description at the time was soft. But it didn't, the times and looking at things, it didn't race as if it was uh, that soft, to be honest. So um, it'll be interesting what. What do you think about that, Luke? Because you said that secret, secret reprieve will be, it's a different sort of race. But I don't think that ground was that bad on, on Saturday. It takes stain, doesn't it? It takes stain. I don't have a going stick, Jim, to be fair, so I wouldn't like to comment about uh, how far I'm sure I could, I could find out. But uh, when I'm trying to record a podcast, I probably don't have enough words to waffle through while I try and Google for actual going stick ratings. Uh if, if if you want to take that view, Jim, that's fine by me, mate. I, it wouldn't be something <laughs> I'd personally be looking into. Uh, I'm sure I could find find real ones. It's it's not a race. I say I'm, I tend to do my Grand National prep as a starting point from, but I think we've seen a better winner there than we may normally do. One who definitely goes to goes to Aintree with a live chance if they choose to go down that route. Adagio's the best juvenile hurdler in Britain, Jim. This was really, really convincing, beating Nassalam, taking his scalp. Uh, the pair finishing 20 lengths ahead of Hoogree for Paul Nichols. <laughs> there are two ways you can kind of read this form, isn't there, Jim? Which is that all the English ones are bad, and Gordon Elliott's third string is better than them all. Or Adagio has just taken huge step forwards throughout this season. Where would you be leaning? I think Adagio's oh. taking huge steps forward throughout this season. Um, 
I was really impressed with this performance. I also was impressed with the second performance. He ran with more credit than I thought and, he's, and hasn't got the respect that I think he deserves because Adagio is, had a lot more experience at a higher level, um, obviously winning the Triumph trial and finishing second behind Duffelcourt. But I think he's progressed quite a lot and he's sort of... Adagio's a different horse to what he was when he when he faced Duffelcourt. I, I feel like he's learnt to settle a bit better and come through the gears. Um, whereas he, he looked quite... Although he'd had a few runs, uh, he looked quite unfurnished over, over the hurdles. But he's a lot more slicker now. It uh, showed a lot more speed. Um, Nassalan the second, I won't necessarily be all that down on him, if I'm being brutally honest. He, he jumped left to a, f- a fair amount of times. Uh, and when he was headed, he didn't he didn't go away. He, he sort of battled on as if he's never been in this sort of situation where he's had to scrap back before. At obviously running uh, into nothing races at Faultwell. I know he's won them decisively, but he's never had to work for them. And he was keeping on back on at the end. And I don't think I'd be all forlorn hope gone on him. Uh, I, I thought that was a good performance from Nassalam. Um I think both two are probably the best in England. Um, but we'll see the triumph winner out this weekend, so who cares? Interesting, interesting. I, I agree with you on both them points, to be fair, that... I think the Adagio we saw at the weekend was clearly a much better version than the one who was beaten by Duffel Coat. I don't think it's quite at the level of the Irish form yet, but he's a very solid and consistent type, and I can see him being popular on the day, you know, via people thinking he might go off sevens or eights and wanted to back him each way in the sense that they think, well, this horse won't be out of the three. I'm not sure how much I'd buy into that, but I can see people thinking along those lines. And yet, I'm, I'm the same as Nassalan. In form terms, this was better than either of his, you know, 270 left wins at Faultwell. Time form of him running to his best ever figure in defeat. And as can happen, when a horse loses an unbeaten record at a short price, uh, people can overreact a little bit. I don't think this is worth overreacting to. He's, he's done more here than he had done previously. Booked into a horse we already know has a solid level of form. And even without winning at the weekend, you could have made a case for him being one of the best three juveniles in Britain. Happy enough. Obviously, the more team would have liked to have won it. And they've still got a, a horse who's got a squeaker winning the triumph. Uh, Kempton Jim where do we want to start we'll let you talk about Master Tommy Tucker first oh wasn't oh. this superb to see and god did he give me a heart attack jumping that last fence did you see the little clip of Harry Cobden uh, after he'd just scared through the top of the fence uh, give the little salute to god uh, I, I think he needed more than god on his side to stay on his feet there um, made a very very bad mistake at the last it, 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 he said it after the race and he didn't know why he did it he asked him up for it and you know what he, he's like when you ask him up to a fence they, they talk about it on ITV a lot and credit 
to Mick Fitzgerald once again for saying this, but you have to keep his head up. You have to hold his hand into each each fence. And he jumped impeccably other than that, that last uh, last jump blemish. And great to see. I know Imperial Law was unseated after the second, which wasn't what we wanted to see. And I know I'm not being Imperial Law's biggest fan, but I wanted to stay on his feet and jump round. I wanted to see how he'd run in this. Um, but as Neil Razor Runnock said, uh, David Bass jumped off, so <laughs> someone's lost 20 quid. Uh, 20 quid. Um, good performance from Tommy Tucker. Unlucky by Imperial Aura, but I'm sure he'll be back. Would you try and find him another race before the Ryanair, or go straight to the Ryanair? Uh, straight to the Ryanair. There's not much, is there? Unless you want to go over three. Ask at Chase. Do you want to give him that harder race against probably surname? Probably no, not. exactly. They'd be bumping. This, this is as a good a prep as he could have asked for, I think. So, uh, no, I'd, I'd be happy enough. This this was a career best from the Tommy Tucker. You know, and on his day, in his right circumstances, he's a real, real weapon. You know, Clondor Castle's been informed this season. Riders on the Storm's not been himself yet, to be fair. This is a, a destructive performance. Who, his, uh, who on his day, I could see winning grade one races. Not had much racing for one his age, obviously. You know, he does have a screw loose. I heard Ke- Kevin Kevin Blake uh, on the Betfair podcast on Monday just called him a bit stupid. <laughs> which I think is a, a, fantastic way, a fantastic way to put him. There's a hell of a lot of ability in there, but he's just a bit stupid. Uh, and that and that is what he is. Would you give him a chance to win the Ryanair, Jim? Given that his best form tends to come in small fields he can dominate, and he's not really uh, shown much at Cheltenham. No, I, 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 I wouldn't. Um, however, hear me out here. Betway Bowl, uh, is it the Betway Bowl at Aintree? Three miles? It is, yeah. I, that interests me with him, because normally that's a race that's a relative small field. That was my instant thought after the race. Was it? I can't remember at all was the last winner of that race Min when uh, that's the Melling is it the the Melling maybe I'm the Melling's over two and a half maybe I'm thinking the Melling for Master Tommy Tucker then not the Betway ball or the Bet whatever ball it is Uh, I I could actually see him getting free at Aintree really well I could see him liking free at Aintree because he's run well over three two and a half he's run well at three three before hasn't he well, he was running well at three in the Cotto Star, and then he uh, massive Tommy took it himself. <laughs> yeah, and you'd think you'd think he'd be able to stay. He doesn't doesn't shout at me as if he's a horse that doesn't stay. Um, maybe the ball could be interesting if there's if there's a small enough field. Although if there's eight runners, I still think that's that's sufficient. Uh, the Ryanair's going to be a hot renewal, and I'd sidestep it if I were them. He, he likes the smaller fields. I think he'll prefer a flatter track to Cheltenham than Cheltenham. We saw him um, running the bet. Was it the Caspian Caviar the other uh, month? And he wasn't a big fan of, of. Well, he ran with he ran well, but he wasn't amazing on it. Um, I'd I'd keep him to Aintree. I disagree. Running at Cheltenham is ten. 
Exactly, lad. Exactly. You make up for lost time with a boy. Uh, earlier on the card, we saw another horse who's got a hell of a lot of potential here in McFabulous, who won the Rel Keel. Real, I was really, really taken with it, Jim, to be fair. Looks a bit of a tank, this fella. I was a, a lot uh, a lot slower to board the McFabulous hype train than a lot of other people were, you know, after he won the Persian War. And they were, you know, prices of 14, 16s flying about for him to win the World Hurdle, thinking he's won an EBA final in a Persian War. Charm yourselves down. Uh, they were seeing something I wasn't quite seeing, Jim. This is a grade one animal. This one's the entry hurdle. Yeah, uh, we were both quite late to join this train, but uh, he's done this really, really well. Uh, I tell you what, Lou, after the race, I was having a long hour think to myself, if you go straight to entry, I'd be a chance your army champion hurdle. Because with that door swung so wide open, why don't you just chance your army? And seeing the declarations this week, I was quite gutted that they didn't even give it a thought. Um, because he's got speed. He stays well. I think I'd have rather him gone champion hurdle instead of stayers hurdle. But they've taken the logical decision. They're going to an entry. Uh, and he is a, a bit of a weapon, really, isn't he, on this performance? Three mile chase the next season. Round a flat track or a stiff yes. track? Uh, flat track. I could see him, she, I could see him doing a... What I expect Sean Blue will do this year, and winning the court will start before dropping back for the marsh. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Really like him though. <laughs> not not that, not that I never liked him, but you know, I was going to say we I've, I've, I've not, yeah, I've, I've not done as much of a one one eighty on a horse that I've done. I, I was so unbullish about this lad even last week, and uh, very bullish now. Superbly impressed on the blind side. He's been doing well this season. After all, all the mean things I've said about him in the past. <laughs> ran ran a good race again in second. Tommy Lord and Thomas Darby and Somerville Boy. To be fair, who I put up are all just mid one fifties animals nowadays. Really, aren't they? They won't be winning Grade Ones anytime soon. Other stuff from Kempton. Jim, you said you were the only man on Twitter who didn't back Boren Bill. Yeah, every man and his dog backed it. Um, well done to Paul Callahan. He tipped it on another podcast. So no, a good friend of the pod. Tip my hat to him. That's superb work. Um, but if you'd give me every runner in the races, I think I'd have picked him. Um, Hunter's call was agonisingly close for me. He's going to continue to run these sorts of races and think, oh, he's he's getting there. And next time there'll be different conditions in his favour. Um, he was absolutely cruising and I thought oh yes oh yes here we come and he's just sort of lost his his pizzazz towards the end and uh, Misty Whiskey's got home for second stayed on really well I, I was impressed with the performance of the Mist- Misty Whiskey probably more than the winner in the end but an interesting race Hunter's car will continue to be backed by me until he wins another big handicap Misty Whiskey Whiskey was Probably the most eye-catching, and Boren Bill won't win another race for a couple of years now. Not until he's 66-1 again, and the entire country backs him once more. 
Uh, and I can guarantee you I won't be on. <laughs> no. No, it, it, it was a better result for all of his backers than it was for me and the lands and the horse I put up on this podcast. Shang Tang pulled up the horse. I, I have a minor share in Glyn. Also pulled up what the result for Tom Winston. <laughs> that was a cracking afternoon for you. Absolutely brilliant. That, that's when it all started to go downhill, lad. That's when it all started to go downhill. I was still happy when Double Shuffle won uh, at 1.45. <laughs> Not much really to take from this other than nice seeing a horse who only wins at Kempton win at Kempton. Yeah, simple. Yeah, lovely animal. Wonder whether they'll stick him in the National again. Probably pointless doing so, but uh, good luck to them if they bother. We all like seeing an old boy get the job done. And potentially, Jim, did we see the Spud Race winner in Barbados Bucks? Oh, I thought you were going to have a quickly digress to Wing Canton to see the Spud winner uh, as part Ooh. of the Turtle to follow. Ho, ho. Well, on. are you all about sizable Sam? I am. Um, very, very likeable performance from this lad. Um had a bit of a play around in front and messed around with his rivals, but Rex Dingle got him down and uh, got his brain back in gear and won very professionally, well, not professionally, but... Very professionally, Jim. He went up the running like... He went up the running sideways like a crab. (laughs) Very... uh, I've I've had a bit of a meltdown here. Um, He... Didn't look like the finished article when finishing the race in front um, and they've certainly got to look for bigger targets for him. He's exactly the same sort of type of horse as Bear Gills, uh, who also ran last weekend, um, or whatever day. Every day is the same now. And um, I, I was really taken from this. Barbados books, as you were going to talk about at Kempton, you're, you, you like him for the Albert Bartlett. I just don't think he's... I know Albert Bartlett winners aren't flashy, but you don't win two subtle made nerdles and then go, uh, novice hurdles and then go on to win a, an Albert Barlow. I'm sorry. Um, as as much as the, his potential in this victory was good, I'm still not properly sold. That race wasn't that good either at the weekend. I'm not having that. Um, but sizable Sam, whether they go to Aintree, whether they go to Cheltenham, whether they go for a handicap again, uh, is completely left it wide open but as I've mentioned how much of a fan of him I am and he's still a work in progress he's going to love a fence I I wrote a little article for a a website the other day about him, uh, fancying him and he I said that that I'd quite like Rex Dingle to have just sat midfield with him just to teach him a bit and what does he do straight away straight out of the blocks, straight from the front Uh, completely proved me wrong so that's why Rex Dingle is a jockey winning races and I'm a man sat playing darts at home. I like Sizable Sam, and I think everyone will like Sizable Sam when they get to know him. He's good fun. He's lovely to look at. He's got, and he's named after a meme, really. Which he's a bit like me. He's like. a bit like me, really. Then isn't he? Yeah, he, he's likable. Everyone likes to look at him, um, and he's he's got his quirks. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's going to be a fun horse. Can't see him winning the potato race at all. At all, though, Jim. He, he won't he won't he won't know which way he were going. Surely, in a race full of 
especially the way it's shaping up this year, there's going to be a hell of a lot of seasoned handicappers who've been winning off marks in the 130s, I reckon, having a go. Barbados books is of, is of that profile, really. You know, and for a horse who, like I said, you know, tried to crab walk his way up the wing, Canton running. Uh, <laughs> I'm not quite sure whether the hustle and bustle of, of that sort of race would suit him. He'd probably have more potential than most of the field. Though we're only two rock up and he's going to be a nice chaser next season. You've done really well uh, picking him out for the Turf Talk 12, Jim. Uh, while we're at Wincanton, brief mention of Mazia de Zobo. This is already training performance of the season from Alan King. Yeah, really, really impressive to get him to win this. Um, jumped really well. He went a fair enough clip. He, uh, he settled beautifully and won comfortably in the end. Protector at going uh, the wrong way around was, was clearly the issue. And Mercedes Obo relished it um, back, uh, back over his course uh, and distance last time. Did it comfortably. Nice horse. Probably not going to beat Envoy Allen, but you could possibly see him run at Aintree instead of Chelton. Yeah, um, another another takeaway I'd mentioned from this as well was the third of the three, Lieutenant Rocco, who I put up in my six to follow right at the start of the season for what are the odds. They've campaigned in this year over two miles, two and a half miles and two and a half miles. In that little article I wrote, he's one for the National Hunt Chase. And again, I felt like he ran like a stayer at Wincanton on uh, on Saturday. I think he wants a trip, and I think when he gets three miles plus, he'll win an half-decent race. I think he's a really decent galloping type. Just not quite sure we've seen him in circumstances that suit him. Uh to his optimum yet so far this season. He actually ran fairly well, in my opinion, on Friday, this, uh, on Friday on Saturday, despite being the last one home. But yeah, he's, he's, he, the way he's been campaigning this season baffles me a little bit, because it's the opposite of what I'd have done. But again, I'm not a trainer. Uh, <laughs> nothing else too exciting from the weekend, Jim. Uh, you mentioned, you briefly touched on Bear Gills. He might be a nice one for a Cheltenham novice hurdle. He's prominent-ish now in uh, markets of the Supreme uh, and the Ballymore. Nothing much else, though, mate. Just Flementine in that bumper at Exeter. He's a, he's a lovely type, and you can see him jumping fences in time. He cost a fair amount of money. He was a good second in his first bumper behind a nice horse, and he got the job done in that Exeter bumper. Um, I can see why they'll probably go champion bumper route with him, but he, he's nice. Fair enough, buddy. We'll try and find some winners this weekend then. The main Saturday meeting in Britain is at Warwick, the 115, is the Edward Courage Cup handicap chase over the two miles. And the 11 to 10 favourite is, you have to say it, Jim. Our good friend, Sky Pirate, God, that hurt me to say that. Oh no. 5 to 2 Amula Gold, 9 to 1 Equus Miller, 11 to 1 Destrier, 12 to 1 Generous Day, and 14 to 1 Dustin Day Motts. <sighs> He's just on this surf to tormentors, Jim. 
Does he make it two wins in a row? Surely Sky Pirate can't win two races in a row. Um, it, it'll be an interesting contest, this, because there's two horses that like, the two that head the top of the market, two horses that like to be held up. And this season, Amula Gold's been running really well um, as well. We've seen him finish second to first flow and, uh, and beat Iblio, who's since come out to win uh, as well. And, and Iblio links in with Sky Pirate, beating uh, Sky Pirate beating him last time. So it, it, I think this is quite an interesting race. Um, it'll be interesting to see who sets the tempo. I'm more than likely um, c- going to say that they might send Destriere out as something to aim at um, for Moolah Gold, because I, I don't see an awful lot of pace in this race. Um, he's a horse that doesn't often uh, lead, but has, it seemed to his best effect when led. Uh, Equus Miller's normally a horse that's held up, and uh, Generous Day is normally there or thereabouts. But I'd, it'd be interesting to see if they got a, enough of a pace for Sky Pirate to smuggle himself into the race. He probably will. I like a Moolah Gold there. Um, I've been really impressed with what he's done. He's he's a, a, quite a difficult ride, um, but the Skeltons normally do well at this Warwick Festival. Um, I know that the Skelton strike rate this month hasn't necessarily been that good, but I'm willing to take that with a pinch of salt. I think they had a, a winner the other day at Weatherby, and the horses have been running with a bit of credit. Um, but I'd probably just be edging the Moolah Gold because I don't think I could take Sky Pirate at that short a price. I can see that. I think he's an awkward horse to be, uh, you know, best price 11 to 10 at the early stage. I say we're recording this Thursday evening. Uh, he, he makes it a really tricky race because it, revol- it revolves around him. Because even from an £11 higher mark, reproduce what he does at Cheltenham, he wins again. Hmm. And the reasons why Sky Pirate is such an awkward bastard normally look to have been alleviated by the drop down to two miles. Just let him cruise. Don't make him get into a fight. And he'll piss up. That being said, I, I really, really like a Moolah Gold. The Skeletons have done a good job with him this season. Delivered beautifully to beat Iblao. Uh, Asker and then bumped into a, a graded quality performer when he gets his ground in first flow. That's like, He'll probably have to get going a bit earlier, won't he? Than Sky Pirate, because they are both hold up horses. If I was Harry Skelton, I'd be trying to take the race apart early on. You know, and be swinging away on my lad. Who. I think probably does stay a little bit further and make Sky Pirate come and try and get me rather rather than turn it into a sprint because Sky Pirate out sprints a move of gold in my opinion if it comes down to that mm-hmm. I think they both have more in hand than Equus Miller who was a winner last time out but this is a step up into a new level uh Sort of master of the horse, who's a horse I've not thought about in a long time. Uh, Destrier, bit exposed in, in nowadays. days. 
I think the Sky Pirate might win it. But I only say that when he doesn't win. <laughs> so you're hoping for the humanity of Hall for Racing that you saying that he's not going to win means that um, uh, that you mean it, you saying that he's not going to win. Uh, you saying that he's going to win means that uh, you're going to help everyone else by not winning. That was a funny way of putting it, wasn't it? <laughs> You definitely said English words. I'm just not quite sure if they made much sense in the order they were put together in. I, I, I think I understand your vibe. I'm like a curse. Yeah. And therefore, just lay him and back everything else in the field. <laughs> Simple as that, yeah. He probably does win, but I'm not touching him. <laughs> Oh, there's nothing. There's nothing at a big price to get me particularly in, intrigued either. To be honest, mate. Fair enough. Fair enough. I I, I play it simple and move the gold. I think he'll beat him. Well, that's an enthusiastic way to start the weekend. No uh, one fifty at Warwick. Free runner novice chase because of course it is. There aren't any others. Uh, the Hampton over three miles. Next destination eight to eleven to beat. Fiddler on the roof at fifteen to eight and goal and fortune at seven to one, Jimbo. Uh, obviously, you know Paul Taylor's a good friend of the show. He's in with Fiddler on the roof here. I like him least of the three at the prices. Dear, yeah, I do. I'd be disappointed if he didn't finish second at least second. I thought Goal and Fortune shaped better than the bare result in the uh, in the Cotto style last time out. I think the race he won on Ludlow on his debut was a very, very tidy little event. I'd say for a long way he probably shaped like the second best horse in the Cotto style. You know, obviously it wasn't that easy because the big breakaway finished second despite shaping like, you know, a crane. But... <laughs> Seven to one, yeah, I'd rather back him than Fiddler on the roof, who I just don't think has very many gears at fifteen to eight. I think it's interesting now that he's finally stepping up to three miles. Um, he hasn't run over this distance since point to point. I know he was fifty behind Monkfish, but that's that's still decent form. Um, I've always been of the opinion that I want this trip. They've stepped him down to two, three last time, and he travelled into the race really well. Uh, just didn't have the kick of speed towards the end. I think three mile around Warwick will suit him because I think Warwick's quite a sharp three. Um, so it, in my head, it's a two mile six, two mile seven sort of uh, race. And I think this will suit him. I, I think he'll have to still improve again on what he's shown this season. I know there's only a pound between him and next destination, but I was impressed with uh, his chasing uh, debut in the John Frankham. Um, he jumped well enough in the main. <sighs> He's got an entry in the stays hurdle, which slightly worries me, as if this is a sort of a backup. Um, but I suppose you've sort of got to have them. Um, he was the most eye-catching one in the West Yorkshire hurdle. He's having his second chase start on a course that's quite difficult for less experienced chasers, but 8 to 11's on the short side for me. I, I'd probably be just edging... It, it, it's more of a watch race, but if you push me to anything, it'd be Fiddler on the roof because I think fifteen to eight. If it goes two to one, that interests me a lot more. Um, but next destination, 
could holes up or could bomb out. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, um, it, look, it's not it's not much of a betting race, obviously. Next destination was the best hurdler of these, and there's reasons to think he might have more to come from him, given he'd been off for so long, and it was his chasing debut when winning a decent enough event at Newbury last time out. Again, it doesn't get me particularly excited, but I think the favourite probably wins this, and I'd rather be with Golden Fortune than Fiddler on the Roof at the prices. Fair enough, and I'll stick with Fiddler on the Roof. The Leamington Novices Hurdles are grade two, throws up decent winners every now and then. Uh, quite a big field for it this year as well, 12 runners involved, 4-1 to Adrimel and Make Me Believe, a 5's Oscar Elite, 7's Midnight Rebet, 8 JBY and Mint Condition. 12's Lord of Karak, Optimised Prime, 14's Pure Bliss, 16's Sending Loves, 20's, uh, sorry, 150's Fitzwell, and 250 Glenn Moore. Uh, trappy little affair, this Jim. I think this is a really, really fascinating race, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it going ahead. There's a lot of different angles into this race that you can sort of fancy a horse for and I wouldn't quite disagree with you I don't think there's an awful lot between these I know on ratings uh, in with the top four in the market there is uh, £8 between them and the favourite is the lowest of, of them but I think it's really really fascinating Adrimel is has been the market leader over the last couple of days um, now shares it with Make Me a Believer but he's, he has been unbeaten over hurdles and um, it was a good, strong, staying performance last time at Haydock, over two miles, which shouted to you that he wanted this step up in trip. He, he sort of didn't jump necessarily that well, which he will need to improve upon here. And he sort of was sent for home fairly early on, made a lot of him, and he just kept galloping. And when Grumpy Charlie came to him, he kept finding again. Um that was on heavy ground. It's going to be more than likely softer, heavy, which will suit him again here. Um, I'm not sure a track like Warwick will suit him. I thought Haydock suited him a lot better last time. Um, a, a big, long straight to get him going. There's not that much room to uh, get yourself sorted out at Warwick, necessarily. I know there's a bit of a run in, but it's not a long straight in comparison to Haydock. Uh, he's a lot more robust. And I, I think that he could be a slight worry around the track and stepping up in, in trip for the first time. I know he, he perceives to look like he wants this distance, but I'm not exactly fully sold on him stepping up round Warwick. Um, I'm a lot more of a fan of Make Me A Believer, who fell in a point-to-point that uh, Adrimel won. Um, he he was a, a good second behind Bear Gills, who we've, we've talked about in, in quite high regard earlier on. Um, after winning a bumper prior to that uh, beating Everglow, disappointed in the Lanzarote. Um, he's been really good under rules so far, and I really, really liked his performance at Cheltenham last time, beating any news. Um, held up and come with a late burst of, of speed, but didn't quite have the speed. Um, got alongside any news and, and, and passed him, and then any news come back, and he showed another kick on again. Um, to get past him, I, I really, really liked it, and he uh, was very workmanlike in doing this. He's, I'm of the opinion that he wants three miles, 
and two mile fives is sort of just a step in the right direction to before he probably goes on to the Albert Bartlett. He's thirty three to one for that race so far, and I don't think that's a bad enough price. Uh, and he's probably where I'm going to be landing in this race. I see that completely, mate. I I I too was impressed with um, Make Me a Believer who's been at Cheltenham. Look like a horse winning over the wrong trip. Mm. Like you said, and and this should be more like his street every inch of chaser to me. Yeah, you know, definitely. You know, and, and and did well to get back up to beat enemies. I don't think the bare form is worth loads, especially for a Cheltenham novice race. But I think with the improvement you'd expect for him to come in terms of more experience and the trip, yeah, he's he justifies his place uh, at the joint top of the market. Abdrimel's form is probably a little bit more solid, but I'm I'm not 100% sure how much more upside there is to him. Mm. You know, he was a, obviously a good bumper performer last season. Won twice and he pitched him into the champion bumper where he finished 16 fairly down the field. Uh, but has done done well enough over hurdles this season, you know. He beat Lord of Kerak, who reopposes here on his hurdling debut and last time out, like he said, was was a tidy enough little race at Haydock with Grumpy Charlie and Ranch hand in behind. I can see again why they're stepping up in trip. I don't think he looks like he's got loads of gears though for a two miler. No. He he could be a bit of a middle horse, couldn't he? He doesn't look like he wants two two miles, but I don't think he wants two five, if you get what I mean. Yeah, I don't know why I'm not quite taken with him. Maybe it's because to say on both his both his hurdle starts, he's been sent off very very short odds and, he's, and has got the job done, you know, efficiently without looking, without ever going wow, you know what I mean. But. I, th- I think he's more of a beatable favourite than making me a believer. Uh, yeah. The one I actually quite like was a course and distance winner last time out. It's Alan King's horse, JBY. Who uh, was sent off fairly well fancied for a good Newbury bumper this time last year. You know, you, uh, the race was won by your darling, Flint Sacra, finished second. JBY was sent off fourth on for that. You know, plus 68 grand winning pointer. Bombed out on his only bumper start. Far more like it. Or you could see why they, why they fought a lot of him when he won on his hurdles debut at Warwick. Beat uh, an odds-on shot from the Henderson yard, who himself had cost uh, 150k after finishing second in a point. So that suggests to me, you know, the Henderson Yard at least think half half a bit about Patroclus. Jamie By absolutely spanked him. Saw the trip out really, really well, cruise clear, and was still going away at the line to me. Uh it's not form you can uh you know smack with a cricket bat and it's rock solid. <laughs> Could have just said rock. I could have just said it's not rock solid. Form, <laughs> what was the need for for a cricket bat there? <laughs> I don't know, Jim. It's 
it's been a long week, like I said. I'm just, I'm, I said, I'm just, I'm just thinking of people doing arm to my kneecaps. <laughs> Smack me with a cricket bat. And end this week. Uh, no, but, but given that the form that's easy to put a figure on, I don't think we'll normally be up to winning a race like this. I'm going to go for one that I think is a little bit messier. You know, like I say, Patroclus we've not actually seen since the runner-up. The third place of that was a horse of uh, Jeremy Scott's called The Young Warrior, who has been beaten a couple of times. The fourth place was another horse from the Henderson Yard, who's related to Casablanca Mix, so a decent enough pedigree. That was her only start. So like I said, it's not fun you can hit with a cricket bat, but... I don't. I, I, I don't. I have to back you up here, Lou. I, I, I like JBY was my second pick in, uh, on my piece of paper that I got in front of me. I think course and distance winners are so important around Warwick. Uh, good point to point for the seconds now with Jesse Arrington running fairly well. Um, I, I, I think that he's a fair enough price each way as well. And like you said, in a race that it's a good race, but there's no standout. He's interesting at eight. Yeah. If you look at the point form of the horse he beat into second, like I said, Patroclus of Henderson's, uh, the winner of that was trained by Elmerie Holden, who is just a talent factor, eh? <laughs> and the third was Gaston Phoebus, who's now with uh, John Joe, I think, and has won both his starts this season. The form's actually stacks up to being, you know, not a mile away from... What Andrew Mellon might be a believer might have achieved eight to one. Let's have him. <laughs> Not form that you can hit with a cricket bat, but form you can back at eight to one. Well, if that's not the headline, we've got one there. City now. Uh, the classic chase, Jim. Like I said, it's been a long week. This is a long race. Uh, not a chance is a 9 to 2 foul. 5 is Captain Chaos. 11 to 2 Storm Control. 6 is LeBroy. 11 is Walking the Mill. 12 is Later Romantic. 14 Achille. 16 is Django Django Dero Valley. 20 is Ballet Optically Hollow Jeans. 28 to 1 Petit Power. And 33 to 1 for Red Infantry. I think I'm going to be going down the market here, mate. What about you? I think I'm going to be joining you. But first of all, would you like to be hit with some stats? about what goes on in this race, and I can hear you shouting, yeah. Did you know that all of the last 15 winners of this race have raced, with, uh, have raced within the last six weeks, and 14 out of them 15 win five weeks? Uh, and that this race is normally won by a nine-year-old or, or, or older, and carrying 11 stone two or less 11 out of 15 times. Look at them stats for you. So, Luke, does does your horse fit into them stats? I think so. There was quite a lot of stats there, Jim. I don't quite have an Excel spreadsheet up for me to tick all the boxes. Uh, <laughs> is 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 his name Lebroy? No. Ass. Do you fancy him? Do you know what I do a little bit? I think it, I think it's helpful that LeBroy gets in off this weight due to Valley Optic being top weight. I, I think he's very fortunate in that aspect. I don't think he's been running as badly 
as his mark suggests now, LeBron. And we do know he's probably better than a 140 horse. And he's, he's looked for a long time like he's got another one of these in him. And I'm, I'm, I don't really like the ones at the top of the market. Not a chance, all right, won a race at Bangor where he beat the two amigos. But down the field in that is Dross. Captain Tommy, the runner-up, has done nothing since. Two-star civil. I captain. Not winning, though, is he? He was I captain last time. Plugging on into fifth doesn't count as impressive form to me. Boldmere is handicapped exactly where the handicapper needs him to be. That was a clear career best from not a chance. Of a career high mark, over a trip further than he's gone before, I want to get him beat. Captain Chaos, a horse I absolutely adore, ran brilliantly in this last season, went hell for leather and almost ran the race out of everything else, and then he went and won the Grimthrop. But he's been doggers this season, 33 to 150 to 150 to 1. He's turning up here after finishing his recent form, his PPO, and he's 5 to 1. No. That's the Twitter pressure, because everyone sips him up. Yeah, I understand it, but I, you know, just because a horse has won a race previously, I need to see something. And if I want to be having a swing at a horse who has been shite all season, it needs to be bigger than 5-1. to one. So if he does go and win, yeah, fair enough, I'll, I'll be happy because I really like the horse. But he's a shocking price on what he's achieved this year. It's an awful price. Uh, Storm Control. You've got to have half a doubt about his stamina. We did last yeah. time, though, didn't we? And look what he did. Yeah, he did. This is another three furlongs. In January. Against out-and-out boats. Yeah, you have to worry, don't you? LeBron is the next one down in the market. His sixes, I think that's solid. There are a few even further down the market that I'd also like to give shouts to. 22-1, the Hollow Ginge, fourth in the Ladbrokes Trophy. OK, you can't jump for Toffee. But I don't think this is the deepest of races. I want to get the top of the market beat. This fella is a best price 20 to 1. Came down in the Welsh National last week. Hopefully he didn't do too much running loose. If they caught him quick, stuffed him back in the Orcs box and turning him out quick again, I could have him. This is a proper, proper stayer. You know, capable of bits in high-class form in better races than this. He's 20 to 1. He's the price Captain Chaos should be. You know, that's why I'm having a swing with him at 20s. I wouldn't be doing at 5s. And the outsider of the whole lot of them, 33 to 1. Not seeing him for a while. Almost a season and a half. Red Infantry was a stayer I quite liked a few years ago. He's 11 now. And generally, he was holding his form quite well before his long layoff. You know, seventh in the Scottish National in 2019. He ran an alright enough race in the Peter Marsh when me and you were there, when Wakanda won it. Runner-up in the London National. You know, he won that uh, horrible long race on Betfair Chase Day, that perfect candidate won this season. Most recent start wasn't was decent enough uh, behind the conditional at Cheltenham. He's off a mark of 133. He was... Up to the low 140s, might have been rated a peak of 143 because they tried to get him into the Grand National a few years ago. 
and it uh, didn't quite work out. 142 was his peak rating, and he wasn't rated high enough to, to get international. Look, obviously, a big ask on a first start after such a long layoff at 33 to 1. But I think he's better handicapped than some of the ones, you know, almost a tenth of his price. Yeah, I have to agree. I, I'm going for a big old swing in this as well because I, I can't make a case for any of them at the top of the market at such a short price. I really like the chances of Petit Power. Um, third in the race last year. Uh, staying on late normally held up but he needed the run first time out this year so I've given him the the benefit of the doubt with that but in his other two starts he's been ridden fairly prominently and that's completely the opposite of what he normally does he normally uh, held up and comes absolutely flying late on he loves the slog in the mud he loves an end to end gallop and he's £13 out the handicap here chucking Liam Harrison's £7 claim He's, he's going to be carrying literally nothing on his back. Um, he was placed in this race off £9 higher. If there's a pace on, which there normally is in this race, you can see Captain Chaos going off. Um, I think he's a massive price at 28. I, I think I think he, he was 33s early on in the week, and I'm wishing I took that. But 28 is still a decent enough price for me. I think he's got a cracking chance. I love it. I love that we're both... Thinking along the same lines, and I love that you've put one up that I haven't. Perfect Power is the slowest horse in Fergal O'Brien's yard. And Fergal O'Brien trains perfect candidate. Exactly. It's the exact sort of oil tanker you want for this race. Fantastic. And we saw, and we saw it last year. Captain Chaos went off Lickety Split, and who swept up the pieces in behind it? Uh, Kimberlite Candy picked the pieces up last year. And I can see Petit Power. He, he wasn't that far away if you watched the replay again last year. Looking at where he was in the in the like the, the tricky part of the four fences in a row, he was miles away then. And it pans out and comes around the bend, and he's staying on strongly. I know he's not getting any younger at the age of twelve, but all you need to do is plod and uh, plod in the mud and keep going, and that's what he does. And off this absolute feather weight, I think he's got a cracking chance. I love it. I really, really like it. LeBroy's still my number one pick. He's not as much of a swing as the other two I've mentioned. But again, I, I think the top three in the betting all have serious questions to answer. And I, I think they're all horrific value. Which means they're the first three all. <laughs> Please, can we but, clip this? We're waiting, ready for Lewis to look like a bug. <laughs> Completely, but we're going to do the, well, we're going to say the Dubai, uh, the Dubai trifecta of LeBroy, the Hollow Ginger Red Infantry. Obviously, uh, we've never been on Love Island, so we can't go to Dubai at the minute, <laughs> which is a real, real shame. Uh, Maybe next year, though. Three against the field. Yeah. Three. And well, Jim, um, just sticking the one up. Yeah, we'll stick with Petit Power. I think he's a massive price. Lovely effort. Do you want to touch on the Potemps race, or do you hate them all? No, I hate them all. <laughs> I, I tried I tried so hard to somewhat get interested in this, and I really couldn't, but St. Delena at 16s is, is probably where I'm on, just off a featherweight. Um, it's been withdrawn due to a couple of the uh, courses being uh, called off, so 
technically he's not withdrawn, but I think it's interesting to go in this. Uh, in this. Tom Buckley takes a valuable five off. I think he's a, he's a useful claimer. Um, ten stone, another lightweight in this ground. Uh, he's run well on heavy before. I think it, I think six, uh, 16 to one about is a fair enough price. Fair enough, Jim. Probably Imperial Alcazar for me. If we were that fussed. Uh, over in Ireland the weekend, good handicap at Fairy House on the side of the Dan and Joan Moore at Chatham Street, lad. The wide margin winner of the Caspian Caviar is the 11 to 4 favourite for that. We've also got in two casts at sixes. Same price, the Shunter. Our good old plotty friend, the great wood winner, is back off a mark of 132. Uh, that's a really, really tidy race, Jim. Have you had any chance to get stuck into that? No, I haven't really, but you'd, you'd hope with Chatham Street Lads' performance last time that he'd be able to back it up, and hopefully he does that. He's not a betting proposition for me, um, but hopefully he can back that up, because I quite like him to be a, a decent animal. With Simon Torrance taking five off, it's only really a £5 higher mark. He really should be the one to beat there, and I hope he gets the job done. Because we like to see good horses. Uh, speaking of good horses, Jim, the highest quality race of the weekend is the Grade 3 at Punchestown, the colliding of his chase, which we'll see Envoy Allen try and give £11 to Asterian for Lange. This is the biggest test of his career. It is, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm really excited. Um, two very, very nice horses. Well, you can chuck in Andy Dufresne as well, because he's not done an awful lot wrong. Um who's also entered for this, whether he'll run a different question. But Asterian Falange, we haven't really got a, a, a grasp on him yet. Um, we saw him be a bit of a lunatic in the Supreme, jumping out to his right. Um, he made a nice chase debut in, in that beginner's chase at Punchestown, and then he fell uh, when at Limerick in the race that Cole Reevey won. So we didn't quite get to know what happened uh, after that. <laughs> He's dangerous to underestimate against Envoir, even though we know how much of a beast he is. Um, I'm surprised that they want to take this challenge on with Envoir, Alan. Uh, but it's fascinating. And again, it's not another, it's not a betting proposition, but I'd love Envoir, Alan, to win. I, I really want him. I, I'm full aboard the train now with you, Lewis, that he is a top, top class animal. And I'd love him to give this such a strong weight-carrying performance against Asterion. Yeah, fair play to everyone involved get, on getting on violin to do this. Cause it's, it's fascinating giving a new dimension to a horse who really you'd expect to only really be uh, competing in grade ones from this race onwards to try and make him carry weight up against another horse who I think he's top class, Asterion Forge. I think he's capable of winning grade ones when he gets his circumstances. So, going to be an, a fascinating affair that. Anything briefly on the Moscow Flyer? Um, not really, no. Fair enough, Jim. Master McShee, the favourite for that, for Paddy Corkery, uh, winner at the Leopardstown Christmas Festival. Same prize, uh, four to one is Magic Tricks, Gordon Elliott's horse for JP, and nine to two, where Adlan Ganapathy, William Mullins' horse for the Donnellys, quite liked what he did, was really, really well supported on his hurdling debut, and got the job done quite tidily, much more, uh, authoritatively than the winning distance of one and three quarter length suggests hope he's another nice one for connections RTR nap time Jim oh okay so my nap of the weekend 
comes on Saturday at Fairy House in the first race, 12 o'clock, Humidor. Uh, he's 10 to 11. He's my fancy for the Triumph Hurdle. Uh, he, he was pretty, pretty impressive winning first time out. Did quite a bit wrong as well. A few jumping errors. If he's brushed up on that, uh, he's, he's entered on Saturday the Spring Juvenile Hurdle at Leopardstown on the 7th. He's also got an entry for, so that would be the next logical target. I think he's the best juvenile that we've seen this season, even though uh, we've seen some quite impressive ones. I think he's to take all the beating. I know he's a short enough price, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pr- looking forward to seeing him out again. My next best will come in the Leamington Spa. We'll go make me a believer, as, as I talked about his chances early on. And my reserve will be Petit Power at 28. Fair enough, mate. Uh my nap of the weekend. I think I'm going to go JBY in the limit. Oh, we're grabbing it by the cojones and we're going for it this weekend. Yes, Lewis. We'll take him on, yeah. Let's go 8-1. to one. Let's go have a nap at 8-1. to one. I, I was half considering putting up LeBride, but there are a few others that I do like at the prices in that race, so... He wouldn't quite be my, uh, I can't nap a horse when I might be cheering other ones to beat him. <laughs> if it comes up to it. Uh, Market Raisins cards, rather decent, isn't it? And I might put up, do I hear this? I might put up on the blind side as the next best. In their feature over three miles, nine to four to beat Little Rockefeller, giving him four pounds. I think he's capable of doing that off what he's shown this season. Ooh, interesting. You know, I'm surprised he's not the fav. On the blind side, in an RTI nap comp for me. Never thought that would happen. Uh, but I do, I, I, I think he'll win that. Good race. Uh, we didn't have a chance to discuss it, but in opposition there, like I said, Little Rockefeller, Mahaya, Division to Flow, and Keeper Hill. Tidy little affair. And my reserve. I'll be boring and go. See, I'm not mad gaining anything in either, in any of the small field races. Let's go Imperial Alcazar in the Potemps. But I hope they both run because I don't want to have a horse in the Potemps in a nap comp. Fair enough. <laughs> Thanks to everyone uh, for listening to Turf Talk this week. Hopefully, we've found you some winners. Hopefully, we've given you a couple more pointers towards Cheltenham. Hopefully, you've enjoyed listening. Uh, hopefully, I still have kneecaps this time next week. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, Jim stays in a good mood. Always. Always. Hopefully, you win your game of darts this week as well. Well, we played another one against another friend today who luckily doesn't post it as much over social media and he trashed me as well. So we've got a lot of improvement. The only way is up, but uh, I'll keep practising every day. (laughs) And on that note, uh, thanks to everyone for listening as well. Uh, Jim can go and practise now. We'll see you all again next week. See you soon. Stay safe, peeps.